Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. This morning we are continuing on just looking at the theme of prayer and uh, we're going to just start straight in just to read Matthew chapter 6, one of the references for the Lord's Prayer. We're teaching on this, just unpacking um, what that Jesus leads us in in this key area. So the, the, these are the words in Matthew chapter 6 and um, that we simply read and Jesus says this, and when you pray, um, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Isn't that beautiful? Pray then like this, and then these are the well-known words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Holy Spirit, thank you for these beautiful words. And we just pray that you'd speak to us afresh this morning. And yeah, as Phil said, we are continuing just to look at this theme of unanswered prayer. The guys at the back were asking me, are one of us going to quote Gareth Brooks? Do you know that well-known song, One of God's Greatest Gifts? I'm not actually, but if we have enough time, we'll probably, I think it was John Pickering that was asking for it, so I'm going to get him up with Steve Johnson at the end to do a duet in it, if we have enough time uh, to ask specifically about that. Um, but this, this is a key area for, for many of us. It's one of the main stumbling blocks that can often happen when, when, it, comes, when it comes to prayer. And, uh, and, and today, what I just simply want to do, because Phil shared in this last week, um, did a brilliant job with it um, as we tried to just weave it in just around the Easter story. And so I'm not really going to add much more to it. I would love you to go back and listen to Phil's talk on it. Uh, it's one of those ones as well that Phil said last week, you know, what can so easily happen is sometimes to try and explain it to people, the reality about unanswered prayer, sometimes we can just clutch at different verses and try to just squeeze them in to make them fit. And the reality is we, there isn't an answer for it. Um, and today, all I simply want to really look at in, in this process of journeying through unanswered prayer, the posture of our hearts, uh, just as we lead, lead into it. I'm going to just probably just share just a couple of verses. Uh, we'll re- obviously reference the passage we've just looked at, um, but I want to just leave a bit of space just for, if I was being honest, just some, key, some reflections myself just over the last few weeks of some things just with the Lord. Um, and yeah, so that's where we're going to go this morning. Many of you, if you were in life group, I know some of the life groups didn't meet this week because of the Easter break, but obviously as we're going through in life groups, we're looking at the prayer course as we go through this. And so many of you may have had a chance to have watched the video this week as well. And when you're in the life groups, perhaps you've had an opportunity to share some of your own story around this area. Many of the, the, the natural frustrations and disappointments that many people that are feeling when it comes to this that feeling, you know, where it's like we're praying what we feel like our biggest, our boldest, our best prayers, but it just almost feels like nothing's happening. Perhaps 
in your own life, there's been that issue of ill health or for someone close to you, and you've been praying and you've been asking God, you've been believing in faith, but it almost just feels like even as you've prayed and no matter how much you've prayed, it just feels like nothing's changed. It may be that for many of you, you're praying in faith for, for someone that you love, a son or a daughter, a brother or sister, a mom or a dad, a friend, a work colleague, whatever it might be for them to come and know Jesus as their personal Savior, and you're holding on in faith for it. But it just fails to be like that no matter how much you prayed, nothing's really shifting. And just for all of us, there's just those moments we could all reflect, we could all stand and tell our different stories. And perhaps you're going through that at the moment. It just feels like that no matter how much you pray, it just feels like that heaven's being silent and nothing's really happening. One of the key lines in the prayer course this week that I thought was, was really significant that Pete Gregg mentioned was simply this. God's silence is not the same as his absence. God's silence is not the same as his absence. He is with us. And one of the key things that Phil said last week that I totally agree with, it was one of those yes and amen things when he said it, God hears each and every one of our prayers. God is with us and he hears it. But this morning, all I simply want to speak into, if I'm being honest with this, is more just as we journey through that, the posture of our hearts as we go through those. And that is the key thing as we journey through it in terms of what we experience and what we journey into beyond it. Because what can so easily happen, and perhaps this has maybe happened to you even in your own life, but what so easily happens is that for many people, when they experience God's silence, they use it as a reason to doubt his love, or they can use it as a reason even to doubt his existence. You ever heard people saying, how could there be a God when this? <laughs> you know, because they've prayed and it hasn't happened the way it was like, how could there be a God? It's like there's the doubts that come in. And when we journey through these times, this is where for me, I love the character of David in the Bible. He's, he's, he's one of the people I love just reading in terms of his, his heart for God. But you know, even as David journeyed through disappointment and frustration, like the Psalms are just completely lettered where David is just praying saying, God, where are you? And these moments where he's just like, where on earth are you as I'm journeying through this? And one of the key lines that David says at the beginning of Psalm 40 that is crucial for us is simply this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. In the waiting, God desires to engage with us. Even while it might feel like he's not saying anything or responding to our prayers, he desires to engage with us. And today, what I simply want to just speak into is just around that, in that period of waiting, how do we stay true to what it is to contend in prayer? How do we stay rooted in it? And if I was being honest, today, what I simply want to speak into um, it's been a bit of a personal journey for me this year, but today it's not just to do with praying, but what it is for us, and I feel that there's something the Lord really wants us in this season, even as we talk about prayer, to lead us in an understanding of what it is, not just to pray, but to be a people that would fast and pray, to be a people that would fast and pray. Fasting is a word that it just seems to be loads of people hate. <laughs> And uh, even as we go through like the last season, some people during Lent have given up things or have been fasting certain things. But today, all I want to do, just in the time that we have left, I just want, there's three things in fasting that I feel is crucial, particularly when it comes to this area of unanswered prayer that helps us just even in the journey, in the process of waiting, as we go through, even as we struggle and grapple, even with the disappointments and the frustrations which are natural, I feel that there's something crucial for us. The first thing, I simply want to say on fasting is this. Fasting is an expectation 
in the life of all disciples. All right, let me say this. Fasting is an expectation in the life of all disciples, of all believers. I want to show you from Scripture why I believe that, <laughs> right? But fasting, this is the first thing I want to say, it's an expectation in the life of, of all believers. So in Matthew chapter 6, where we have what we just read about the Lord's Prayer, Jesus, this is the teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is expounding everything about the kingdom of heaven and what it is to experience and to press into the things of God. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus really clearly starts to lay out some of the things that is an expectation for all disciples and for all believers. It's one of these things that Jesus doesn't say, right guys, listen, if by any chance you might the odd time be doing this or this, here's some of the things. Jesus actually specifically says three things where he says, when you do this, when you do this, this is what you do. And the first thing that he speaks into in Matthew chapter 6 is when you pray. This is why we're teaching on prayer. Prayer is not a little nice add-on. Prayer is an expectation for every believer. This is why we need to stay rooted in it and committed to it, even in the times when it's tough. It's we need to keep pressing in and we need to keep praying. Jesus says that when you pray, to all of us followers and so to all believers in the room this morning, this is why we just really want to call one another and help one another in this season to pray like never before. When you pray, pray like this. And the second thing that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 is this, when you give. Some people, when it comes to their finances and with their money, they often think to themselves, well, it's my money. I'll choose and I'll decide what to do with it. But Jesus is really clear to his followers, to all believers. And so if you're listening to this this morning, he says, when you give, this is how you should give. Freely you receive, now freely give. There's moments that actually the Lord wants to lead us in terms of response and how to help people. So when you give, here's what it is. And then the final thing that he says in Matthew chapter six is this, when you fast, this is what it's like. It's not an if moment. He's not saying, so if there happens to be the odd chance that perhaps, you know, that you might, if you feel like it, or if you feel up to it, that if you fast, Jesus says, when you fast, these are some of the things that he wants to lead us into. And so fasting, just first, really quickly, is this, fasting is a key part of a believer's life. There could be moments where the Lord desires just to lead you and then extend a period of fasting. We see it in the life of Jesus where he was led to fast for 40 days. We see it with Moses and Joshua led to fast for 40 days. Elijah fasted for 40 days. Daniel fasted for a period of 21 days. But Jesus also sets alongside that while there's extended periods of fasting, Jesus models out that it's not just about the prolonged periods of fasting, but what it is to live out a fasted lifestyle where there was just regular rhythms of fasting and praying. Just step into that. It could be perhaps like fasting a meal or fasting for a day as we pray into it. But Jesus models us out this idea of a fasted lifestyle. And this is the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see and understand myself. This, when it comes to fasting and praying, this has been and was always purposed to be a key part of the life of the church. This has been and was always purposed to be a key part of the life of the church. So let me show you this. In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, the first global mission movement was born out of the church in Antioch, who were a church that worshipped, fasted, and prayed. So in Acts chapter 13, this is, this is what we read. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 
So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And the church is spread then into the Gentile nations and the gospel and the good news is starting to spread around the world. And what we actually see, there's, there's records of this that even over the next couple of centuries, it was embedded deep within the life of the church, the rhythm of fasting and praying. So here's Two, two guys who were like leading figures in the church. Firstly, Polycarp in 110 AD and Tertullian in 210 AD. They both testified about the fact that they spoke of fasting as a significant aid in personal holiness. They were talking about how the church needed led in these ways. And then in the third century, so almost 300 years after Jesus had ascended into heaven, there was a bishop, I think his name is Epaphroditus. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but he says this. Who does not know that the great fasts of the fourth and the sixth days of the week are observed by Christians all across the world? <laughs> Almost 300 years after Jesus' ministry and his ascension into heaven, the church is still caught in a rhythm of praying and fasting. Even at this point, 300 years after, there's two days a week that are being set aside for pressing into and fasting and praying. But yet... <laughs> I don't know about you, but it just seems to be we could so easily ask just a different question. We could be asking, who knows when, if ever, Christians fast? And I, I'm going to share just in a little while just about some of my, how the, I feel the Lord's been leading me personally with it a bit this year. But if I'm being honest, it's never really been a big part of my life. It's been one of those ones I would far rather eat, eat my food and get on with it, thanks. And uh, it's, it's never really been a big thing. But guys, look at this when we look at the history of the church that we stand on. This was never really an optional thing. It was just taken as this is what we do as disciples. When you pray, when you give, when you fast. This is what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Down the centuries, any time there were periods of revival and people who were leading into this, there was led by people that were just given to fasting and praying. I love this quote by Lou Angley. He says this, why then do we resist the wisdom of Christ, who not only practiced fasting for himself, but ordained it for us? Fasting has always been the strategy of God, but like an ancient, rarely trodden path, it lies before us much overgrown. Meanwhile, we cry out for revival. We ask for a Jesus movement. Are we waiting for God, or is he waiting for us? Sometimes in this period of waiting, so when we've caught with the frustration of unanswered prayer and we're in this period of waiting, it can almost appear in our minds that we're waiting for God to act, but sometimes just even as he's saying, and it's almost like what Paul would say, we press on to take hold of something. I feel that one of the things that fasting allows you to do in this moment of praying is that it positions our mindset that we are pressing on and we're desiring to just not give up. Because sometimes in those period of waiting, I don't know about you, but sometimes the frustration just makes you, you just want to give up, just want to stop. Fasting is one of the things that's crucial for that. Firstly, to say this, fasting is a key part of the life of a believer. Secondly, to say this, fasting is one of the key ways in how we contend, how we stay the course with us. You see, Jesus actually in Matthew chapter 7 and the next, so he's, Matthew 6, he's taught us the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says these words, these well-known words, keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, 
and the door will be open for you. There's these moments where we just got to keep on asking. Perhaps there's some people in the room and it just feels like you've just been asking and asking and asking. And it almost feels like that you're done with it. And my encouragement to you this morning is keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. This is what Jesus would lead us into. But the key thing that fasting as we fast and pray, what it can lead us into with this is that it starts to allow us, not just about the fact that we are keeping on asking and that we're being specific with prayer, being specific with prayer is key, but what fasting allows us to do, fasting allows us to pray and to try and discern what is actually God's will in this. While it's great that we can come with our specific requests, fasting allows us to start to pray and to help us to discern and to seek God's will. Phil just referenced around communion this morning, the words of Jesus, where Jesus prayed these words and going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it will be possible, let this cup pass me. This was Jesus' specific prayer. In his humanity, he said, Father, if there's any other way that we can do this, I would rather not have to do this, Father, if there's any other way. But then he finishes by saying this, but yet not my will be done, but yours. Here's the crucial thing. Sometimes this is much easier said than done. God's will trumps our desires every day of the week. God's will trumps our desires every day of the week. Of course, there's things that we have desires within our heart, but this is why it's important for us to be able to press in. And this is why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, your will be done. Father, this is the desires of my heart, but above it all, your will be done. And I guess why, why I feel stirred in this, and, and if it's okay just for a few minutes, I just want to give a bit of testimony in this this morning as well, but why I feel stirred in this, uh, I felt since the beginning of this year, I felt like the Lord has really challenged me a lot on this area of fasting. And obviously we did a fast together at the start of the year as a church, which was brilliant, and, but yet even off the back of it, I felt that there were two or three things specifically that I just really... I really desired and was needing to hear God on. And, uh, and so I'd been praying a lot about it. I'd been reading a lot about it, going into a lot of different things. And I felt the Lord was leading me into a prolonged period of fasting. I felt specifically for him just leading it for a fast of 21 days. And, uh, and so as, as a bit of a story about what was going on with us, one of the things for, for Laura and I and our family like there's certain things we're praying into for church, but from a family point of view, one of the things we really were trying to seek the Lord around was regarding our house. We, we felt that, um, yeah, we, we've been feeling a bit of a nudge from the Lord just around potentially selling our house. And I'm being honest, we love where we live. It's not as if it's a bad place. We love it. The kids love it. It's near their school and all. But we'd started to really sense, was there something in us for potentially selling our house? And, and at the beginning of this period, so I was entering into a 21-day fast, and at the beginning of the period, there was a couple of things that specifically came up. There was a couple of things that really started to, to almost cause us to move, and we decided we were going to put the house on the market. We just felt the Lord lead us in that way. If it was to go back just even, even to the start of the year, so that period of fasting we were doing as a church corporately, 
have felt like, and I'd, I'd shared this with Phil and all, and the guys have felt even praying for church and praying for us. I felt the Lord even one of the days when I was praying started to speak this word, like when I was just leaving space for the Spirit to speak, started to speak about a Sabbath year. And I was like, God, what, what about the Sabbath year? Obviously, we all know that Jesus, our God teaches us around the Sabbath, you know, about the seventh day, keep it holy and about rest. And then how Moses led the children of Israel to practice the Sabbath year every seventh year, which was set aside as a rhythm of rest and recovery and replenishment for the land. And the 50th one of these was known as the year of Jubilee. There was debts eradicated, all these sort of things. But I was like, God, what is it that you're actually sensing for us? And and I shared this with the guys. I was believing this for us, that perhaps there was something significant about Sabbath. I'd actually had done a bit of reading on it. Google's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And uh, so Googling all about Sabbath, and a lot of different websites were actually saying that actually this year, 2021, is, is the next one of, in the Jewish calendar, is the next one of a Sabbath year. And so I started the question, was there something specific for us? And one of the things that I was praying into was around this rest release, recovery. These were the three words that it was feeling for us as a church. And so anyway, in, in this period of, the, of my personal fast for myself in the 21 days, I was in the middle of it and I, I took a day. Any of you have ever been over in Clare Glen and Tandragee, you know, the, the beautiful walk around the river? And I just thought, I just need to get somewhere, just get beside some water. I want to just get time to hear God. And I went over and spent a bit of time praying there. And, and I really was starting to to really ask God specifically about this because at this point we had started to get a lot of offers for our own house but the house, there had been a house that we had been after ourselves and it had gone way beyond us financially. It actually brought Phil one of the days to pray around it. I think we thought we were like um, Joshua walking around Jericho or hoping the walls were going to fall. We were going to claim it in that way but it just went way beyond us financially and so in my head I'm thinking we have our house on the market. There's so many offers coming in we have nowhere to go to. And I started to question, God, have I heard you? Have I heard you properly? Is this what you're leading us into? And that day in Clara Glen, I felt God just give me this word again about Sabbath. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that actually, well, it could be for church, I felt actually some of it was for us. Cut a long story short, um, Laura and I had had a loan from last January 2020 to clear significant debt for us. And the debt that I phoned the bank that morning, um, and the debt, they give us a settlement figure for the debt of £20,000. And just the day before that, our house had got a bid of £20,000 over the asking price of what we were looking for. And I felt the Lord that day say to us, said to me in particular, he said that this was a moment for us to be free of debt that he wanted to lead us into. And we didn't know what it meant. We had nowhere to go. But we just knew that we had to take this step and so we, we went for it. The next day, Josiah and I went into the estate agents. We agreed the sale of the house. We started to freak out that night, thinking we have no house to go to. We, st um, we had a tentative plan, um, because the, even there's other house moves that are going on with Laura's brother, potentially having to move in with Lorna. So we were potentially going to move in with mom and dad. And I was like, well, how long could we sustain this? Everyone needs their own space. And the next day, my sister Emma phoned me to say that um, one of her friends had phoned her the day before, which it turned out was around about the same time we were in the estate agents, to say that her and her husband, they didn't really know anything about her situation, but they'd been praying and they had an Airbnb and they felt the Lord telling them that they needed to offer to us to stay in as, as a family. 
And it, it was just one of these things where, where God started to, to move in and to started to show his will. And the thing that I want to say in this, firstly, the reason why I said firstly is because I just want to honor God's faithfulness. I want to honor God's faithfulness in my life. But this is the thing that I felt that I was learning, a couple of things with it. Firstly, I felt that more than ever, Laura and I were at a place as we were going through the fast that we were starting to pray, God, what is your will? What is it you desire for us to do? And it almost felt like that day after day, like look, the phrase that Laura was using was that like it was almost like we, could, we didn't know what was ahead of us. Like it was a bit of a, like a mist or a fog, but they, it seemed to be that each day God started to show another step and another step. Each day as we fast and we prayed, God, show us your will. God showed another step. But the main thing I want to simply say is this. God was not rewarding anything because we had fasted. That's not the way it works. It's not as if God is saying, oh, because, right, because he's done a fast, let's reward him, let's give him something good and nice. That's not the way it works. What was happening was that I had eventually, both of us had eventually got to the place where we were better positioned to hear, better positioned to actually hear as well. We were better positioned personally to hear his voice. <laughs> We were in a place of being able to hear what God was saying. Derek Prince says this, and I believe it. He says, fasting helps a Christian receive direction and power from the Holy Spirit. And again, Louis Angley says this, fasting positions man in humility to better appropriate the fullness of God's will for our lives. Those aspects of God's will that we can achieve through prayer alone are like the tip of an iceberg. While the fullness lies deep below the surface, reserved not as a prize for the faster to win, but as a grace for the humbled faster to discover. And in this series in prayer, I have just one quick point to finish with this morning. In this series in prayer, listen, particularly when it comes to unanswered prayer, my encouragement to you this morning is press on in. Keep on praying. And my encouragement to us, church, this morning is this. Listen, if you've never tried it, my encouragement to us this morning is that we would be as a people, listen, it's great being back in the building, but we do sense that the Lord is returning us to some things. And there's something about our practices and our principles as the church that we need to be restored to. And one of them is around the concept and principle of fasting and praying. My encouragement to you this morning is if you're pressing and you need to hear the will of the Lord in something, to pray and fast and seek the Lord. And don't give up. Keep on asking, keep on knocking, and keep on seeking. And the final thing, I just want to simply say is this, and then we're going to finish just to pray together at the end. Sometimes we have to fast while others feast. Sometimes we have to fast while others feast. As we were going through, or as I was going through these 21 days, I felt the Spirit say this to me. So many of you know, I, I would do most of the cooking in our house, right? And... Um, it's not that Laura can't cook, she just doesn't like it. I love it. I love cooking, so it's just the way it works. Laura does most of the cleaning. I'm, I'm a messy pup. Laura's really good at keeping the things clean. Um, and it was about second or third day, and I still thought, right, I'll keep, I'll keep doing this. But I started to get into a bit of a stinking mood in my head, if I was being honest. I was like a bit of a pity party that was going on. Woe is me. Here's me having to cook, not eating, and having to cook for these flipping children. <laughs> right? <laughs> This is not right. And I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit say these words, just because you fast doesn't mean that others can't feast. <laughs> I felt him saying this me that I've been led into this person, just because you fast doesn't mean that others can't feast. And see, what often happens when it comes to this concept of unanswered prayer, 
One of the things that can derail us from the moment of trying to say, God, what is your will and trying to seek his will is when we look and we compare ourselves to other people and we see other people who are getting their prayers answered and are getting blessed in that way that we're asking God to move for us. And what happens is we get frustrated. Has that ever happened to you? And this, when Phil was speaking last week, I felt specifically into this area, the Holy Spirit said this. You see, this happened in the life of Peter as well. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, and Jesus beautifully turns up, cooks breakfast for him, restores him, and says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Says to him, listen, we need, he needs, he's going to follow him, even on to the point of death. And then Peter, straight away, off the back of it, Peter turned and saw John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, following them. The one who also leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it's going to betray you? But Peter looked at him. So in the midst of this moment, right, where Jesus has expressed his love, Jesus, Peter looks at him and says to Jesus, but Jesus, what about him? It's one thing to say that I should follow him to death, but what about this man? What about John? And the Lord said this to him. He said, if it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And this is, this is what I feel this morning in as gentle a way as I possibly can. I feel that in this moment of unanswered prayer that many of you might be facing or struggling this morning, my encouragement to you this morning is to keep your eyes fixed on God. If your eyes are in other people, I feel that graciously what the Spirit would say this morning is this, what is that to you? You follow me. See, as disciples of Jesus, these were the words that led us to follow him in the first place, the invitation to follow. And as we go through the difficulties and the disappointments of life, these are just the words that Jesus continues to speak. What is the, all that other stuff to you? You follow me. And this morning what I'd love us to do, we're, we're finished, but this morning I would love to pray for a couple of things. And firstly, just, we're going to do this pretty quickly, but this morning, I do feel that there are people in the room that you're sitting with this period of, in a period of frustration and disappointment and heart resentment because you've been praying what it feels like your best prayers and you just feel discouraged. And this morning, what I'd love you to do, if, if you feel comfortable, I'd love you to stand and I would just love us just to pray with you this morning just for, for God to move. And so, listen, we're not going to prolong this. If you feel and sense that this is something that you're journeying through at the moment, I'd love you to stand with me this morning, can you? Okay, so let, let's pray. Why don't you pray pr your own prayers just for, for the people that are standing this morning? Father, above everything, we just want to seek your will. Father, we join with the words of Jesus, your will be done. Yeah. But God, yet in the midst of it, we recognize that the difficulties that we're journeying through, God, just leave us with, with wounds and feeling of hurt and disappointment. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, for the people that are standing this morning. God, we pray release of your peace. God, we just pray that you would just allow them just to know you with them. And God, where there needs to be breakthrough, God, we just pray and invite Holy Spirit, would you break through right now in situations. Thank you that you're the one that opened doors that no one can shut, and you shut doors that no one can open. And God, so we just pray that you would just allow your will to be seen in this.
we stand with our brothers and sisters this morning, and we just pray, God, come and show yourself to be faithful. Thank you that you are, in Jesus' name. What all of us, can we all just stand just this morning, just as we finish? Sorry, it's so cold in here. It's good to be able to stand up and sit down and get a bit of exercise, isn't it? And get a bit of heat. But what I would love you to do, why, why, why don't you just hold out your hands all this morning, can we? Three things, remember Jesus said, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. And, and th- this is what I would love to present to us this morning, a belief that God is leading us into renewed rhythms of prayer, but a belief in his spirit, he's desiring to lead us to be a people that would fast again. And all I would simply love for you to do just in a moment of stillness is to allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to you personally about this. And if there's a way personally that he wants to lead you in that, allow him to do it. And then I'm just going to pray for us just for blessing and covering for this week. So come, Holy Spirit, pray. Speak right now. Jesus, we thank you for the honor that it is to be your disciples. Father, we thank you for the honor that it is to be your sons and daughters. Spirit, we thank you for the honor that it is to have you as helper. And God, right now, God, into the midst, God, of frustrations or disappointments, God, or longings of our heart, we offer them to you afresh. We present them to you, Father. These are the desires of our heart. And yet we pray, God, not our will be done, but yours. And Spirit, I just pray, Lord, that you would just restore within us, God, Lord, what you need to do. And God, I just pray that, God, as you, as you lead us in this, God, we, Spirit, as you've spoken right now, if there's, if there's steps, God, that you're just leading people into, God, in this area of fasting, God, we just pray, God, it would be a time, God, of hearing you like never before, God, of clarity, God, and of breakthrough. And Spirit, we just pray that you would lead and guide us, we pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the great example you set. And God, we just pray, Lord, that we would just be a people that would pray, would give, and would fast. God, this week of prayer be glorified in our lives. Use us for the sake of your glory and your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.